0: Welcome to Conscious Wellness with Lori Ellis. Hi, I'm Lori, your host. This is the show where we dig deep. We rise above the noise, clear the clutter, and find out what really works. The positive, effective, and sustainable ways to create a healthier, happier, and stronger life. And I'm so excited to bring you this episode because I know you'll find value that you can apply today. And if you haven't yet, Please click on the subscribe button, please rate and review. Thank you so much, and I'll see you inside the episode. Hi, and welcome to the episode. This episode is being recorded both video and audio, so that's exciting. And if you're listening and you want to catch the video portion, it will be uploaded to my YouTube channel so you can catch it there. And this episode is a a little special to me because it is March 2nd, and it's the three-year anniversary of my explant surgery. So I decided I would share that experience here. And if you don't know what explant is, it's the surgical removal of breast implants. And I'm sharing it because it was a significant part of my ongoing wellness and fitness journey. And it, you know, if you've heard me talk about wellness and fitness, you hear me talk about it as this great big picture full of all these different puzzle pieces and moving parts and elements, and it is a journey. It's a lifelong adventure. It's a lifelong process and we get the opportunity every day to pay attention and if something comes into play that is a challenge for the body or a challenge in any area of our wellness because it it does encompass the whole life then we have the opportunity to make a positive change and help ourselves to be healthier in whatever area that is to create a better quality of wellness For our future, not just for today, but for the rest of our life. And if you haven't listened to the first episode of this podcast, circle back and listen to episode one, because I do share what happened in my life 24 years ago that led me to even being in this field and having this awareness and why I'm doing this podcast and what happened 24 years ago and why I went out to seek the education and the information and the knowledge about how to help myself. So helping myself to get well and to help my body to heal and to become well and strong all those years ago. And then it became this passion and this purpose to help others. And so for the past two decades, I've been teaching and training and coaching and consulting. And helping others in the same way while I continue to navigate my own wellness and journey as they continue to get older. So as I'm recording this, I'm 57 years of age, and I always like to say I'm 57 years young because I truly do feel healthier and stronger now than ever in my life. And it continues. So not only ha- have I been able to maintain the wellness and the fitness that I was able to help myself all those years ago, But it's continued to be an improvement as I continue to age chronologically. So that's really fun to be able to say, and it's fun to be able to feel and live as well. And so that's why I'm bringing this up, because three years ago, I made a decision. Well, it was about five years ago, I made the decision. And three years ago, I had the surgery to remove the breast implants because they were creating a challenge for my body. And it took a while to come to that conclusion because I didn't have the awareness 13 years ago. When I had the augmentation done and, you know, some symptoms popped up and some things showed up and through learning and paying attention and navigating that, I decided that it was best for me to remove them. Now, I want to say this very clearly because uh, it's pretty common now and you've probably heard of it. You probably know somebody that's even had this surgery as well. But um, I want to say this very clearly because it's a very personal choice and a personal decision, and it's a personal subject, right? And so in no way, shape, or form, anything that I'm saying here with my own experience, in no way, shape, or form, is this meant to be construed at all whatsoever as any kind of advice, not at all, no opinions, no recommendations being made, no criticism, no judgment, nothing. This is very personal, and I chose this for myself. And You know, um, it's not everyone chooses this and that's okay. We all get to make the decisions that are best for us and not everybody has the issues. But let me talk to you about why I chose this, because when I learned about something called breast implant illness, which I was not aware of until a friend of mine called me and shared her experience at about, it was about seven and a half years into having my um, implants. I didn't even know that it was a thing. And I didn't realize that there are upwards of 56 or more potential symptoms that women can have from the implants uh, themselves. And, So if you want more information about that, that I don't go into, reach out to me. I'm an open book about this. And I learned a lot because once I was aware of it, of course, I started to research and study and talked to many women. And now since I've had the surgery myself, I've spoken to so many women. I've helped a lot of women to navigate this and to prepare for the surgery, not just prepare for the surgery, but and for strength. For the surgery for wellness for the surgery, but also after because it really is a journey after as well as preparing before. So let me back up. I'm 57 years of age now. It was 13 years ago that I had the augmentation done. I was already about 10 years into my wellness and fitness journey at that point and feeling really great feeling strong, really fit. And already teaching and already you know professionally working in the field of wellness and fitness, and I decided um, that i that I wanted the the breast augmentation done, and I had the surgery and I really didn't have any problems with the surgery I didn't have any anatomical issues like contracture and and really didn't have any pain once I recovered um, until quite later on and so You know, it really was fine. I I liked the way they looked. I I was happy with them. They kind of got in the way, honestly, and it affected the way that I was able to work out a little bit afterward once I was working out again because it didn't feel the same. So let me talk about that for a second, because. When I had the augmentation, I was given information in the consultation and paperwork, which I still have. And these little cards that show that these are uh, medical devices that were implanted into my body. And so you get these little cards and it tells you in the case of um, breast implants, it tells you the number of CCs and the manufacturer and the model number. And then you get this information. And I was told 13 years ago that um, they were safe and hypoallergenic and sterile, but I wasn't told a lot of the information that I know now. And, and that's really significant to know. And so back, back then when I had the surgery, I was given the choice of saline or silicone smooth or textured, and I chose this smooth saline. And then I was given the choice of submuscular or over the muscle. And I chose under the muscle, which means they create a pocket in the pectoral muscle and they insert um, part of the, the implant in the muscle and the rest of it um, in, you know, just adheres to the chest. And so then um, that's how it was implanted. And think about the, so this is what I learned. The outer shell of, this is what I learned later, much, much later, the outer shell of the implant, regardless of what's inside, whether it's saline or silicone, the outer shell is made up of silicone and other plastics, and these materials are made up of, um, according to... And the details are different for different companies, of course, but on average, according to the research, there's upwards of 40 or more neurotoxic chemicals that go into the making of these materials, as well as 10 or more heavy metals. And of course, I didn't know that back then. Um, and then when you implant something into the body, the body then sees it as a foreign object and there's a healing process and a time. But the body, you know, is going through this process of trying to figure out what to do with it. And we'll think of a sliver. So you get a sliver in your finger and it creates something called acute inflammation and creates fluid and, and pushes that sliver out, right? Because it's a foreign object. So with the case of breast implants, of course, the body, you know, isn't able to push them out. Some women, I've talked to so many women since that have had movement where, you know, the body is trying to move them around or, you know, different things are happening and they have pain and contracture and things. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any issues anatomically with them Um, and but back to the chemicals so that's implanted in the body and then the body of course the temperature being 98.6 then you know over time these uh, materials start to break down and those chemicals then are released into the body because they're breaking down and and leaching from that that outer shell. And that happens over time. And also what happens when the body detects a foreign object, if it can't metabolize it, if it can't detoxify it, if it can't digest it, if it can't push it out, then it's going to try to protect you in some way. And in the case of implants, it creates something called a capsule. And isn't that fascinating? So the body's trying to protect us. And so it builds this tissue around the implant with and it's scar tissue, but of course it has it has um, vessels, blood vessels to feed that tissue. So it's made up of blood vessels and tissue and it, it creates a capsule to enclose and encompass that, that um, implant to try to keep us safe from that. And so these capsules form and that happens over time as well. And so, you know where I'll start. So I had the surgery, You know, um, noticed the hair loss in the beginning, didn't attribute it to that and then 6 or 7 years goes by and uh i start to have kind of a couple of weird symptoms that don't make sense because i was so healthy and strong and you know very um regular with my my checkups and my blood work and all of the assessments that i personally do for my wellness and my fitness to make sure that you know i'm i'm covering all the bases and i'm giving my body what it needs and you know really taking care to pay attention and that's what i teach So I was noticing some strange symptoms about year seven, roughly, and the symptoms for me were anxiety that was heightened to the point of sometimes panic attacks, which was not normal for me. And I hadn't had headaches in years, not since 24 years ago when my body was dealing with the the issue that I share in episode one. And so I started getting kind of these random localized headaches, and that was really odd. And so I was dealing with those. And a friend of mine called me about the same time. And she had implants too. Hers, she had had a lot longer than mine. And she said to me, have you heard of breast implant illness? And at that time, I hadn't. And I said, no, I've never heard of that. And she shared the information with me. And she shared some symptoms that she was having, which were pretty severe, pretty serious. And so she had done a lot of research and she's a lot like me, very, you know, very, uh, particular with her wellness and very attentive to her health and her fitness. And she said, you know, I really think it's the implant's And I'm going to have an explant surgery and remove them. And I really think it's going to help. And she said, I wanted you to know about this. And at that time, my response to her was, well, you know, I don't think I really have any problems with mine. I think it's fine. And of course, I didn't want a surgery. Nobody does. But she shared that with me and how interesting right about the time that those symptoms, just those two random symptoms. And again, like I said, There are over 50, 56 plus, I think, I don't even know, probably more than that now, that that women have reported and experienced and some very, very serious. And I feel very fortunate that my two symptoms were heightened anxiety to the point of panic attacks and a localized headache. And I really attribute that to, um, how healthy my body was and how attentive, you know, I am to my health. And I really feel like my body detoxifies like a boss, like a warrior. And so, you know, having that in place is really a blessing. And so, um, so she calls me and she tells me that she's having the explant surgery. And I said, Oh, keep me informed and let me know. She has the surgery and she, she reports to me after, you know, she heals and recovers that. Uh, many of her symptoms had have sub- have, had subsided. And that was really exciting. And I was so happy for her. So that made me really pay attention. And I started researching and I started learning. And then I realized, okay, you know, it's coming up on the 10 year mark, because the other thing about breast implants, and they do tell you this in the beginning is that they are about a 10 year device. And at 10 years, they encourage you to replace them with new ones or to have them removed. And now I know why. You know, at the time I didn't realize that. And 10 years seems like so far ahead, but of course it showed up really quickly. And so I was looking at the 10 year mark and thinking, you know, I really need to make some decisions here. And the symptoms then started to become, um, you know, worse as time went on. And maybe because I was more aware of them that I was, you know, paying more attention to them as well. And the panic attacks were really, if you've had anxiety and panic attacks, I sympathize that is, um, you know, it's, it's pretty difficult to say the least. And so I'm really grateful that, you know, I knew a lot of things to do um, to help myself in that area of my wellness as well, and have a lot of practices that help. And have been able to help a lot of women that because it's a very common of that list of symptoms, which I will share in the show notes, by the way, some links to the resources, because there are some resources that are that are really clear and provide a lot of really great information. If this is something you want to know more about or, you know, somebody that may want to know more about this, I can provide some direction on where to to learn more about this. And so it was clear to me at that point with the localized headache that made no sense because again I was doing all of the you know the blood work and all of the assessments and everything was coming back perfectly healthy very healthy and fine and so It became clear to me that that was something I needed to address. And I thought, okay, if this is the source of it, then it's time for them to come out anyway. So then I started the process, the research, and found a bunch of groups to learn from and spoke with many women. Um, I interviewed and consulted with about five surgeons and offices and uh, spoke with them and learned more about the different procedures. Okay, so explant surgery can be done a couple of ways. And I learned about this through deciding which way I wanted to have it. And this is why I learned about the capsules. So because I had saline implants, a couple of the surgeons said that they make a very small incision and they just pop the implant, drain it, and then they pull out the shell, but they leave the capsule. And I knew I didn't want that because I had researched and learned so much about how these neurotoxic chemicals and heavy metals are leaching out of that outer shell and then being held within that capsule. And so I didn't, I didn't want the capsule in my body. And so I was, I was deciding that I wanted a surgery called N-Block. And N-Block is what I had. And it's a surgery that means as a whole, they take out the whole capsule. So what the surgeon does very meticulously, and it's a much more invasive surgery because that first way I described is a little incision and they pop and drain. That's only for saline, of course. Um, But N-Block is a much more invasive surgery and it's a much bigger incision. And so what they do is they meticulously separate the entire capsule from the rib cage, from um, if it's submuscular, under the pectoral muscle, being very careful not to, you know, damage any tissue or muscle. And if you think about like where it is, so there's a lot of lymph nodes here. There's, you know, of course, the pectoral muscle. And so they're separating. They make the incision. You can't see under, but they make the incision under and go and and lift. And then they go um, and surgically uh, separate that capsule from the rib cage, from up under the muscle and, you know, careful not to, and from all the tissue that it's adhering to, because that capsule is adhering and part of all of the tissue. And the goal for the surgeon is to separate that capsule and get it clean, get it all as one, and remove it without disturbing or exposing the implant inside. And my surgeon was able to do that for me, and I have pictures of that. So, and I'm not squeamish. I I like to see that anatomy. Fascinates me, and surgeries fascinate me. So I was happy to see the pictures of this end block and that whole capsule came out as a whole. And then what they do is then they take the capsule off, they cut it, and remove and expose the implant inside after it's out of the body because sometimes the implant is ruptured. And in the case of a silicone implant, if that's ruptured, they don't want that to leach into the body. They want to remove it fully in, enclosed within that capsule safely, and then remove it from the body and then open it up. And I've talked with many women that have had that issue and and silicone being leached into the body is not a good thing. So, um, I was very grateful that I had that full end block, but that's how that surgery goes. And so very invasive and, um, a lot of incisions. And then I had a lift as well. I chose to have the lift. And so there was, there was more incision and more recovery, but I'm very grateful that I chose a surgeon that, um, had a lot of experience, very meticulous experience in microsurgery, and an incredible uh, surgeon when it comes to the suturing as well. And so, if you have any questions about this, I, I'm an open book, clearly, and have learned so much and talked to so many women and have helped so many women to navigate this this process of you know what kind of surgery, where to go, and how to choose a surgeon, and, and all of that. And and really importantly, how to prepare for. So again, feeling very, very fortunate that I was already very strong and my core was really strong because when you have N-block surgery, you're not for two months after you are, You it's what, you can't see my body here, but it's what's called. T-Rex arms. And so you keep your elbows to your sides because you don't want to engage these muscles and you do what's called T-Rex arms. So you can see that my arms are only moving at the elbow. And so you're not lifting anything over five pounds, 10 pounds for sure for six weeks, two months. You're not working out for two months and raising your arms over your head. You're not doing any of that. And so core strength is very important because you're not, you know, pushing yourself up um, or pulling anything or doing any of that for a long while. And so getting up and down off a chair and in and out of the bed and in the shower and up and down off the toilet like that, that core strength is very advantageous in in that type of a situation. And core strength is something that I'm so passionate about as well. And I teach my own method of functional core strength because, That is so important as we continue to navigate our wellness journey too. to keep our strong muscles muscles are very important to our wellness overall and I'll do a whole podcast on that as well so having that musculature is super important, and when it comes to providing support for the spine better balance center of gravity. You know, as we get older, we don't want to slip and fall. We want to maintain our posture and stay upright. So that center of gravity is super important support for the spine, having the balanced um, musculoskeletal, you know, kinetic chain, everything supported and balanced correctly is so important. And in this case, in the case of a surgery, really advantageous to have a strong core. So I was very um, fortunate and, and felt, so blessed to have that in place already and already to be very healthy. So leading up to the surgery, that part I had, I had down, I was ready. Um, The emotional part of it, the emotional and the mental part of preparing for surgery, that is another, that is another thing. That is another part of wellness and everybody handles it differently And of course, when it comes to breasts, you know, it's a very sensitive subject. It's a very uh, personal subject, but it's anatomy and it's part of our wellness and it's part of our fitness. And it affects a big muscle group and and a a very um, often used muscle group, like moving your arms at all is going to affect all of those muscles that are um, that are affected in that surgery. And so I was very grateful I was prepared with my physical health very prepared. And I did all the work prior, everything that I knew to do to prepare mentally and emotionally as well. But I remember I also had one of the main symptoms, which was anxiety and heightened anxiety. And that makes it a little more challenging to be prepared emotionally when you're dealing with anxiety. And and if you do, definitely don't hide it. Ask for help. Get help. There are great resources for dealing with anxiety and panic attacks. It's a very serious um, issue. And it's one of the main symptoms of breast implant illness. And again, I'm very lucky, very fortunate that I only really had two. Now, before I had the surgery, the the localized headache got pretty bad and worried me because like I said, all of my blood work, everything was always great. And so there was no answer. So I did have a CT scan And that came back perfectly fine as well. And so I was really excited about the surgery. So I went from being, you know, oh, I don't want to have a surgery to I am doing something powerfully awesome for my body here. I'm going to take away something that I realized was a challenge for me that was challenging my body at that point after 10 years. And so then I was excited about doing something really good for my body. And prepared every way that I possibly could. And then when it came time for the surgery, I was excited and I was ready. And so after the surgery, I, was, I had to travel for my surgery. So I was in a hotel room. And my sister was there with me. And talking about, you know, so I, I had drains. So I had a drain coming out here of this rib cage. And I had a drain coming out here. Um, so drains on either side. And honestly, um, they didn't bother me. The drains did not bother me at all. And again, I'm not squeamish about that. So it it wasn't a problem and they didn't physically bother me or cause me any pain. And then, you know, I was wrapped up really tightly with, you know, everything um, compressed. And uh, so you think you're prepared. And again, I at that point, I wasn't sad. Um I didn't know how I was going to feel about the change and how things would look, and anytime you change your body okay so i I work with women every single day and I have for two decades where their bodies are changing um depending on what their goal is, their body's going to change and navigating the wellness and the fitness and it might be weight loss or it might be muscle gain, whatever it is there's always you know every part of our wellness is connected, and so when the body changes you know, it does affect us emotionally and mentally as well as physically. So I knew that going in, but I didn't know what it was going to be like. And I went from a double D down to what we didn't know what the result was going to be. The surgeon said, you know, I don't know. You do have some breast tissue. I don't really know what size you're going to be. Um, And it ended up being a really small B. I thought it would be about an A cup, but I, I am a very small B cup. But it's not that way in the very beginning after the surgery. And they explain this. I was so fortunate to have an office um, and the surgical coordinator that was always available for questions. And she was fantastic. And she had had the surgery herself as well. So we could really talk about all of you know those, those things that come up. And those questions. And um, so you're not out right after the surgery, you know, there, there is a a space where that implant was. And so it's kind of concave in in the very beginning, Um, you know, at, at least very flat, at least it was for me because they're removing that, that implant and that capsule. And so you're not left with the result you're going to have right away. And so unwrapping, it's quite an experience. And again, I went into this really positive, really excited. In fact, I'll share this with you because this is, I think, really a a good exercise for everyone who is making a change in their wellness, their fitness, whatever that might be, um, really connecting to the physical body um, and, and having a discussion and, and talking to your body about what's about to happen. And I did that the night before the surgery, I got out of the shower and I stood in front of the mirror and I, I was crying a little bit. I was emotional and I talked to my body and I said, you know, we're about to have a trauma and you're going to have a surgery and, but we're going to heal. You're so strong and you've got this and it's going to be great. And so I'm here with you and it's going to be, you know, fine. And I had that conversation with my emotional self, my, you know, my mental health and my body as well. And it was really a powerful moment and it helped me. And so I went into that very excited. I knew physically I was going to be fine, but I didn't know what was going to happen after. And I didn't know what it was going to look like or, you know, what I was going to be left with, basically, um, and so the next day when I was able to unwrap and get into the shower, my sister was there helping me and I unwrapped it. And I remember looking down and kind of laughing. And I remember saying, what in the world just happened? <laughs> you know, because you're not prepared, even though you are and you see the pictures. So I just want to be really um Transparent about that, too, that there was an adjustment period for me and not just the initial healing and recovery phase physically, but also ongoing these last three years. And again, I was really fortunate. I didn't have a lot of pain. The healing was very... Um, Well, I did have, and this was, this was a rare complication. I did have right away when we got back to the hotel, I did have a bleed, um, pretty significant, a rare complication, but again, a great surgeon. Um, we rushed back and he was able to find and cauterize the bleed and, and close, close it back up again. And, and then everything was fine. But, um, so that was a rare complication and it, it was scary. It was, it was um pretty rough honestly but then it was it was fine after that and really my drains were out in 6 days like again my body just you know it heals um you know really well and so I was very excited about that and um and then every day it continued to change physically the look of of the healing process and uh they tell you that and The surgical coordinator that I was talking with, she told me that too. She said, you know, the first day, you know, it's going to look rough, but give it a year. She said, give it a year because there will be changes. Your body, your chest will fill itself in as it's healing. And I thought, okay, well, that's interesting. And honestly, it changed for about two years for me. Uh, Things really did change. And they call it fluffing. And, you know, I didn't know what that was going to be like, but really it took about two years for things to really shift and fill in and change and heal. And isn't that fascinating what the body can go through? And it makes me just appreciate this physical vehicle so much and honor this wellness that we have the opportunity every single day to pay attention to and to give our body good things and make decisions to be able to help ourselves in whatever area we feel that we can improve and become healthier. And so I say this all the time. And I want to say this again here that our body is not who we are, but it houses who we are our spirit, our soul, our heart, and our mind. That's who we are. But without a healthy physical body with which to carry us, to carry our soul through this physical existence, we may not be able to fully live out. Our purpose and our passion in this life. And I believe that so strongly. And so this experience was really beautiful. You know, it was rough. There was a lot of decisions to be made. There was a lot of, you know, the old fears pop up. And if you listen to episode two, I go deeply into the brain and our old program Thoughts and our belief systems and how our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings then determine our beliefs about ourselves and what's possible. And a lot of us, a lot of people are dealing with old thoughts from childhood, old beliefs, things that no longer serve us, but they're programmed into our brain. And so listen to episode two, because I go in depth about that and how we can help ourselves to to change our thought process and basically reprogram ourselves for more positive beliefs and and the true worth of who we are it's not our physical look it 's not our appearance, our worth is not the size of our breasts, our worth is not our hair or any part of us. Our worth is within us it's who we are and our soul and who we came here to be, and what we came here to do and what we came here to give that's That's our worth. And, you know, a lot of that comes up when we're going through changes, specifically appearance changes, because we get so stuck and society, of course, you know, we all know what we're up against with comparison and competition and all the visuals and all the everything photoshopped and all the stuff that we all know we deal with every single day. Um, But we do know that our true worth is not that. And yet we're so stuck in these old beliefs and we get caught up in this physical 3D existence and this, you know, kind of judging ourselves and all of that based on appearance. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to feel good about our our physical appearance either so i'm not saying that i you know that's a very important part of our wellness every aspect of our wellness affects each other and when we feel better physically we feel better emotionally and when we feel better emotionally and mentally we feel better physically it is all connected and so i am all for helping yourself to feel better with your appearance and like your appearance, but not because it determines your worth, because it makes you feel better about yourself as a whole, with your wellness. And, and that's, that is all in a whole other topic, um, but actually really not because it has a lot to do with with what you go through, especially with a surgery like this, when your body changes significantly. Um, Like I said, I went from a double D down to a small B cup and I am so happy. Let me tell you this. I personally don't miss them. I'm glad that I I removed that from my body that clearly became a challenge for me and I will tell you this literally waking up from that surgery well not literally waking up in the recovery room um you know I didn't have I woke up with some pain and then you know back to the hotel and then had the bleed so it really wasn't instantly but when I got back after after um we after everything was was fixed and fine and was resting that night i remember having so much energy and i didn't have the nerve block i'll just say this because i wanted to feel my limitations i wanted to if i had pain i wanted to know because i knew myself i knew if i had if i didn't have any pain that i would try to do too much i just know i know that about myself so i didn't have the nerve block But I didn't have a ton of pain. There was some pain the first night, um, but that awareness of knowing, you know, how to protect and, and rest. But I remember that night feeling so much energy. And then especially the next day, I remember telling my sister, I just have so much energy and the headache was gone. Immediately, the headache was gone and the heightened anxiety and the feeling of panic was gone. So that's my experience. The two symptoms that that I dealt with, they were gone and very soon after the surgery. And so um, I just want to share that because that may help somebody. I don't know. But again, a very personal decision. And I'm so glad that I made that decision. And going through that experience, it brought me so much more knowledge and so many more tools in my wellness experience and knowledge in my own life, but also to be able to help others. Because even if it's not that type of a surgery, preparing for a surgery, there are definite ways to help yourself get ready and feel confident and feel well and strong for that surgery. And then, of course, after the healing process, there's a lot for that as well. So um, that is my experience. And I think, um, you know, I think I've really covered everything and 3 years later okay so let me tell you 3 years later the first year um things were changing a, a lot and i had a lot of conversations with my surgeon and with the surgical coordinator as things were changing and and evolving with the look and the feel and i will tell you this there there was um there were times when i um had some emotion about it when I would put on some of my old clothes that (laughs) no longer fit, Uh, some of my sundresses, some of the, you know, the halter tops that no longer fit. And then the personal, um, the the personal things in life, right? Where when you have uh, a change in something so intimate and so personal, there are moments where maybe I'll go into this. Maybe I won't. Um, There, there is, there's a lot of uh, emotion, let's just say. So if you're listening to this, I'm pausing. um, And if you're watching this, you can see that I'm thinking, but in the, in the audio recordings, I would have probably um, shortened some of those pauses, but I'm, I'm clearly thinking of, of how much, because I'm remembering. Okay. So and i i work with clients when we go through you know their um changes too and there there's an emotion attached to it especially something so very personal so i remember moments of crying of you know my body's different and there were times when i missed the way they looked and the way i could fill out certain clothes because again very honestly very transparently you know, those are our, our breasts are very intimate to us and they help us, at least for me, they did they did enhance my confidence in, you know, how I felt and feeling sexy and and but you relearn all of that. So very vulnerable here sharing that I did go through some of those moments where I relearned, but it became I became so thankful, and now I'm so happy. I wouldn't go back to that, but I I also would go through it again. So I would go through that surgery again, um, without a doubt, for the way that I feel now, and absolutely love um, the shape and the results. Very very happy, but there is a a time during that healing process where there is an emotional healing and there is, you know, we're holding on to old thoughts again and old beliefs again about ourselves. And what a beautiful journey to be able to be aware of that and to let that go and then relearn and reprogram a new love for this physical vehicle that houses our soul and allows us to be in this life and on this planet and living and loving and, and working and giving generously what we came here to give in this life. And that is such a beautiful thing. So that push pull between the physical and, you know, that the true worthiness of our soul and our spirit and our heart, um, that is a journey too. And it's all part of our wellness and it all affects each other. Okay. So I'm going to show you the implants that were in me for 10 years And I wasn't sure if I was going to do that or not, but I feel like I want to show you. And I haven't looked at them in about a year. So when they were removed from my body, like I said, they they were removed with the capsule on. So I have pictures of that. And then I have pictures with the capsules off. And then I asked to have them and I sent them to myself because I knew I probably wouldn't be able to get them through TSA at the airport. And, um, so I, I, I wanted to keep them and I haven't looked at them in about a year. And when I opened them up the first time, when I saw them in the hotel room, okay. So let me back up when, when I first saw the samples before I had them put in 13 years ago, you know, they're fresh and they're clear and they're, you know, they're all clean and bright and shiny and new. And when I saw them, when they gave them to me and I opened them up in the hotel room, they were yellow and sticky and cloudy inside. And I thought to myself, oh my goodness, what, what had been going on? And so there's a lot more to talk about when it comes to breast implant illness. And this episode is not about that. It was just about my experience. And so, um, but like I said, I've been, I've been helping so many women since and I have um, worked with some women that have some very serious uh, symptoms and have had some very serious experiences. And, um, you know, the symptoms are varied. There's 56 plus of them, everything from anxiety, headaches, fatigue, autoimmune, all the way to certain cancers connected to the textured Uh, implants themselves. So you can read about all of that. And I'll share some resources with you. Um, But I wanted to talk about my experience with the actual procedure and the wellness aspect of preparing and healing. And uh, there's so much more to say that I don't want to go into because this is getting pretty long. But I do want to show you what they look like. And like I said, I hadn't looked at them in about, I have them right here. And I hadn't looked at them in about a year. And they've changed, and they're just in a Ziploc bag, sealed up, and I don't even really wanna touch them because they're really looking gross. So this is one. So they've, I don't know, they've evaporated a little bit. And this is the other one. And you can see what's inside, there's, stuff there it's very cloudy and there's things floating um i don't know what that is and i'm going to wash my hands really good when i put these back in the ziploc Um, but i'm keeping them because isn't that interesting what's inside and of course they're supposed to be sealed um and i'm not showing you this okay i should have probably warned you if you get grossed out easily um not to look at this but uh I want to show you that just because that's part of the reality of this, right? And so those were inside me for 10 years. And when I went through the process of kind of mourning that, you know, a lot of it has to do with all of the physiology that's happening all of the hormones that are that are happening in the body too all of the anesthesia that the anesthesia that the body is detoxing from so there's a lot of that all of that is going on and so you know giving your body what it needs to be able to process through all of that and then emotionally and mentally taking care of your wellness in those areas as you're making that journey through the body changing as well. So that was my experience. There's so much more to say. Um, again, a very personal story. And uh, if, if I can help you, if you want to reach out and talk about, if there's something I didn't cover and you want to know more, let me know. And I'm happy to share. Thank you for being here. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. I'm so happy you were here for this episode of Conscious Wellness. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And if you like this show and you feel you're receiving valuable information and tools that you can apply to your life today, please share this with a friend. We want everyone to feel excited and intentional about their future. And we want you to get up every day, feeling empowered to take positive action steps toward better wellness. If you haven't already, please subscribe and please rate and review. We're so grateful. And send us your questions. Let us know what topics you want to learn more about. You can send a message to info at elliswellness.com or the contact form at lswellness.com where you can also sign up for the newsletter. Thank you so much. Now go out there and have an amazing day.